the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WHK Cleveland. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. Good morning and welcome to Get Rich Flow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here, we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Flow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype. Please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and Civic. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, today I'm most definitely ready for some sunny days and some springtime. This weekend was supposed to be sunny with some clouds, which is a definite improvement over yesterday. (laughs) I never saw such big puddles in my yard. I thought the rain would never end, and I had to to make my brain believe that all this rain was so much better than ice or snow. I had become totally spoiled by the spring-like days that we enjoyed earlier in the week. I noticed they forecast some snow for the end of the coming week. So even if we end up with some snow, you know, remember that the spring is coming March 20th. Uh, that snow probably won't stay around too long. And uh, besides, uh, I remember, I remember when it snowed in, in Cleveland in, uh, in May. So who knows what will happen? Well, the, the birds in my place are returning. The morning doves, the bluebirds, the robins, they've joined the usual crowd of cardinals and nuthatches and downy woodpeckers and red-bellied woodpeckers that stayed over the winter. And this week, I saw the red-winged blackbirds, and according to one of my clients, they're the gold standard for the start of spring. Oh, the Canadian geese, they're they're in the backyard, too. They're in the pond, and uh, uh, they just come up to the close to the house to get some Get some stuff out of the, uh, you know, the smaller birds. Kick the uh, seed out of the bird, uh, the bird feeders, and they come up to get their little treats too. So they've been roaming around the backyard here for the last two weeks. So with the warming weather, we watch the green shoots appearing in the garden, and more and more each day. But uh, yeah, then we realize that there'll be flowers there soon. Hopefully, they'll appear soon. I still have that uh, what I want to do or need to do list of outside chores 
ready for when the weather finally does warm up and dry out a little bit. But until then, there are lots of things in the house that we need to do. Oh, one of the big things is our tax return and uh, also check over our investments and our financial planning. So this week uh, was a winner uh, for U.S. equities, particularly Thursday and Friday. The week before this week uh, had been a very difficult week because investors were expecting inflation to go down. You know, it's been going down, but boom. And it was a surprise when the Federal Reserve's preferred measure of inflation, the personal consumption expenditure price index, increased in January. So everybody was expecting inflation to go down. Well, it's starting to go up. And, uh, for instance, the personal personal consumption expenditure uh, for January, the uh, price index, uh, the uh, month, the one for the month of uh, January, so from uh, in January from December, that had gone up six tenths of a percent in this last reading. But in the previous reading in December, it had only gone up two tenths of a percent. So the month over month increase was inflation was increasing. And then if you take a look at the uh, the twelve month increase uh, for January, it was five point four percent. Uh, rather than 5.3%, which had registered the month before in December. So um, what happened? You know, the uh, and also the, the Consumer Price Index uh, earlier had also indicated that inflation was not coming down as fast as it people thought. For instance, it was 65 in January and then, no, I'm sorry, in December, and then it was only 64 in uh, uh, January, they expected it to be 6.2, but inflation is, uh, in this case, the personal consumption expenditure, the thing's going the wrong direction, and the other one, the consumer price index, is not going down as fast as we expected it. Investors knew the unexpected uh, acceleration of the Federal Reserve's preferred inflation uh, gauge would add pressure to the Federal Reserve to keep ratcheting up uh, interest rates. Uh, the stubborn inflation numbers suggested that the, the Federal Reserve's path to taming prices and demand would be bumpier and longer than data from the late 2022s had previously indicated. So the week before last, that caused Treasury yields to rise and stocks to fall as investors firmed up bets that the Federal uh, Reserve would continue to raise interest rates for longer and higher. But this past week, comments from several Federal Reserve officials calmed investors about the inflation and interest rates and allowed the Treasury yields to ease down. So, uh, for instance, the Federal Reserve Bank of uh, uh, Richmond President uh, Thomas Barkin said uh, Inflation, quote, inflation is likely past its peak. He was speaking at an event at Stanford University, and he, and he continued, it with, he thinks it will take time to return to target as a consequence, believes we still have work to do. He said that uh, there is a case now to move more deliberately, potentially signaling that he favors continuing the quarter percent moves that the policy committee had downshifted at its last meeting. You remember the last meeting was in um, the end of January, the 1st of February, where they increased it to one quarter of a percent. Previously, they had it in, in December, they had increased it a half a percent. And previous to that, they had those uh, three quarters of a percent increase or four of those in a row. So uh, it looks as if the Federal Reserve is... Uh, uh, easing down, they haven't stopped increasing the rates. They made it they keep increasing them for more for longer than they had planned. But uh, it looks as if they won't be jumping up at a half a percent or something like that, or three quarters of a percent anymore. In addition, uh, Atlantic uh, Atlanta's Federal Reserve Bank President uh, Raphael Bostic remarked on Thursday that he is for smaller. Uh, one quarter of a percent rate hikes uh, 
allowing time for fire heights to have their full effect. That's a, that's a, he's referencing that very fact that whenever the Federal Reserve does make a move, uh, there's a time lag between them making their move and when the economy and the stock market reacts to it. Uh, that 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 uh, time lag could be as much as six months. So uh, the concern originally when they were bumping the uh, the uh, the interest rates up by three quarters of a percent every month was that hey uh, you may have already guaranteed a, a recession with these higher rates and you won't know about it until six months down the road. So that slowed the Federal Reserve down to these one quarter of a percent increases. So, and uh, so the the feeling is the the uh, investors have calmed down and felt that uh, hey we're on the one quarter of a percent increases, and Friday economic data showed a, a steady demand uh, for services. Uh, the purchasing managers index from two independent uh, sources that track the all the service industries in the United States by talking to the managers and executives in those industries. One was the Institute of Supply Management, and the other one was the Standard & Poor Global. Those are totally independent, using different methodologies and everything. They show that economic activity in the service sector continues to expand, even as uh, input prices uh, cool down a little bit. Uh, the Institute of Supply Management Service Activity Index decreased slightly to 55.1 in February from 55.2 in January, but exceeded the consensus, uh, the uh, forecast of 54.3 among the economists who were polled by the Wall Street Journal. And with regard to these uh, these qualitative uh, indices, where we're talking to uh, uh, where the companies are talking to managers and executives in these industries, uh, the number 50 refers to a, a neutral point. And if the number comes out greater than 50, then it indicates expansion, and something less than 50 indicates contraction. Now, the other input was the standard and poor global U.S. services uh, purchasing managers index. And that rose to 50.6 in February from 46.8 in January. And that was the highest reading since June. And uh, it uh, pushed past the 50 threshold that signals expansion. And uh, similar data from the Eurozone and China showed that activities in the uh, service sector in both markets expanded uh, last month. So, so the... So the whole thing is the picture is that nothing is nothing is falling off a cliff. The uh, the very fact that the uh, we're going to see that the manufacturing is slowing down and uh, is perhaps in in uh, contraction, but the service industries are making up for that. And uh, well, it just goes to it's just kind of natural that when the COVID hit. Uh, the only thing you could spend your money on was goods, and that was through Walmart and uh, uh, the Amazon. And then now, finally, when people are out and about, they're spending their money on uh, uh, services, particularly on travel and vacations and dining out and sports events, stuff like that. So we'll discuss that the details later in the show. And... Uh, Basically, what we're seeing is that global equities were up this week. In the U.S., the three major stock indices, uh, the Dow Jones, the Standard & Poor 500, and the NASDAQ Composite were all up for the week. Well, in the U.K., the FTSE 100 was up for the week. And in the European Union, Germany's DAX and the stock uh, Europe 600 were both up for the week. Equities were also up in Asia. Uh, Japan's Nikkei 225 was up for the weekend, and China, the Shanghai Composite, and Hong Kong's Hang Seng were both up for the week. Uh, on Friday, the three major U.S. stock indices closed the week at the Dow Jones closed at 33,390.97. 
So it was basically up 1.75% for the week and up uh, 0.74% year to date. And the Standard and Poor 500 uh, closed Friday at 4,045.64. So it was up uh, 1.9% for the week and up uh, 5.37% year to date since January 1st. And the NASDAQ composite, uh, that closed at 11,689.01. So it was up 2.58% for the week and up 11.68% year to date. In addition, this week, also the U.S. Department of Commerce reported that uh, new orders for durable manufactured goods contracted significantly. and. New orders for durable manufactured goods in January contracted 4.5% or $13 billion to uh, $272.3 billion that that contracted in January from December. And that dramatic reduction basically was due to uh, Boeing's civilian aircraft orders in uh, December. And basically, there was really no cause for concern. And we're going to explain the details later in the show. So, but what it showed was that basically new orders for transportation equipment uh, dropped 13.3% on the month. And that was led by the civilian aircraft and, and parts. And uh, But the other major categories, they posted uh, uh, moderate gains, uh, machinery, uh, that rose 1.6%. Uh, primary metals, a half a percent, computer and electronics, a half a percent, and uh, electrical equipment appliances and components, six-tenths of a percent. As we mentioned earlier, they, uh, the qualitative survey from the Institute of Supply Management and uh, regarding the service sector as well as the standard and poor global service sector showed the the service industries were expanding, but uh, the reverse was true for the uh, manufacturing sector. So uh, this week, the U.S. manufacturing uh, activity was in contraction territory for the fourth straight month, and that's the uh, uh, due to falling production and weak orders, but uh, firms largely maintained their headcount. Uh, They weren't laying off people in anticipation of uh, a pickup in orders and uh, production in the second half of 2023. And in the sector sector index compiled by the uh, Institute of Supply Management uh, stood at 47.7 in February, and that was up uh, slightly from the 47.4 in January, which means that it's a it's in contract. It's contracting, but it's not falling off any cliffs or anything. It's just uh, slowly contracting. It might uh, uh, certainly nothing to to get, get get concerned about. And we're again we'll examine that later in the show today too. So in addition, we also uh, will discuss residential housing sales for January. That was reported by the. National Association of Realtors, as well as home sale prices. The home sale prices came from the uh, uh, the uh, uh, Case Shiller. The actually the, the technical thing is Standard and Poor, Core Logic, Case Shiller National Home Price Index. But that what that'll show is that uh, even though uh, prices of houses are continuing to rise, they're, they're not rising. As fast as they were before, because they're they're uh, uh, they're decreasing. You know, at one time, home prices were increasing at ten, twelve percent per year. Now they're lucky they're increasing uh, four or five percent per year, and that number is going down, down, down with time. So, and if we look and say, hey, what happened uh, this week? The Equity markets, they calmed down after the inflation scare the previous week. Uh, the scare was that they thought that <clears throat> the Federal Reserve would go on a bender in terms of increasing the rates at a half a percent and stuff like that. 
Uh, we also saw that uh, uh, the stock buybacks for the Standard and Poor companies are forecast to exceed $1 trillion uh, uh, this year, uh, something that we'll see uh, results of probably later in the year. Uh, the Supreme Court is uh, hearing whether the Secretary of Education had canceled a, approximately $400 billion in student loans uh, that are based upon the HEROES Act, uh, the act that was passed years and years ago, uh, where they're talking about uh, uh, canceling $10,000 uh, uh, from your student loan if you're making less than uh, 125000 or if you're married, filing jointly, making less than 250000 And also another 10000 in addition to that, uh, if you're... Uh, taking out uh, Pell Grants. Now, uh, also, according to the J.P. Morgan newsletter, the standard of poor uh, operating earnings uh, per share in the fourth quarter were tracking $49.37, and it was down 13 cents or 13% from a year earlier. So basically for all of 2022, it appears that the standard poor 500 operating earnings, uh, they'll fall roughly 6%. Uh, they didn't have a picture, uh, J.P. Morgan didn't have a picture of the after-tax corporate profits as of last week, but they'll get that. And, uh, of course, in the uh, Treasury, uh, yields are way up there. The two-year is right around 4.9% or 5%, depending on when you look at it. And the 10-year Treasury has got up to 4%. I think it's come down a little bit since then. And, uh, you know, basically the big picture with inflation coming down uh, from 9.1% in last year to basically 6.4% right now, uh, inflation's coming down and the annual raises uh, for workers are anywhere from 5 to 6%. So uh, really what you're seeing is that the, uh, the wages and the raises uh, are putting their, uh, uh, making their money go farther. In other words, when it was 9.1% inflation, they were really behind the eight ball. But inflation is coming down, so there's just a little bit above uh, the raises right now. So uh, it gives people hope. Uh, you know, and when we talk about the big picture, what's happening in the big picture, the economy is rolling along. Uh, it'd be a perfect economy if we didn't have this inflation that had to be conquered. And uh, we know we, why we have to conquer it, because we have a, an object lesson from the uh, 1970s where uh, inflation got out of hand in that particular time frame. And, uh, Inflation got up to, uh, I think, 14 or 15 percent and had to be cured by um, uh, Paul Walker, who was the chairman of the Federal Reserve at that time. And he had raised the overnight rate or the federal funds rate to 20 percent and caused a recession that uh, uh, where unemployment got up, uh, I think, 11 or 12 percent. So <laughs> it was a doozy in terms of of uh, a recession, so we're we're here talking about uh, much reduced numbers, and uh, uh, we can't even you know nobody is pinpointed it yet as to uh, whether there is going to be a recession or not. The idea is that people are preparing for a recession uh, in terms of the companies and. Uh, the company planning, anything that any big projects are being put on the back burner until they figure out uh, what's going on over the next uh, year. So uh, that leaves, you know, what we're seeing here is that nothing's falling off a cliff. Uh, it's just the getting inflation under control, and, and uh, if there is going to be a recession, getting through it with at least damage possible. That brings us to your financial plan. In other words, you're watching all this, figuring that uh, 
uh, see what is happening there to get a, a perspective of your job security, your uh, your investment security, all these things. And uh, you have to start your financial planning and keep track of your goals. You know, your goals in terms of retirement and children's education and homes and standard of living and everything and how you're funding these goals, how much you're saving each each uh, month uh, to be able to invest and uh, to uh, use compound interest to uh, increase those savings to the point where when you do get to that uh uh, do get to that point where you need the money, like at retirement, uh, uh, or uh, when it comes time for the kids to go to school, or when it comes time to uh, when somebody wants to move or get a different house and things of this nature. All those things that have to be planned for, the money has to be there at a certain particular point in the future, and you have to keep track of this money all the time uh, worrying about the short-term, long-term. You have to worry about your risk and reward. And you also have to uh, uh, prepare for the the unanticipated. You have to have uh, property and casualty insurance in case somebody uh, sues you, a liability suit, or uh, in case there's a uh, death or things of this nature. So you've got health insurance, and you've got uh, life insurance. So all those things are necessary and and have to be done, have to be taken into account uh, in your uh, micro-financial planning as opposed to the things that we're talking about in terms of the the nation, in terms of the macro-financial planning. So this is Jim McAleese. you can uh, you can give us a call. We have a toll free number here. It's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. That's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Give us a call. We'll talk about anything you want to talk about. And uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tana McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese. Jim McAleese, your host this morning. Uh, you can give us a call at our toll-free number. It's one 888 281 Let's see. Hey, Jim. Uh, yes, Colleen. It's Colleen. We have a... <laughs> we have a question. I know it. You're Colleen. <laughs> I'm right here. Um, we have a question from Len this morning. He would like okay. to know what tax moves can he make now to save some money um, for 2023 taxes. Ah, good. That's a good question, Len, because you know 2022 is is history. So a lot of people figure, well, I'm, I I can't do anything. But it's not too late uh, to impact your your tax situation for 2022. You can still make some moves before the 
tax filing deadline. Uh, I think it's April 18th this year. Uh, you might consider uh, contributing to a traditional IRA. You know, that's one way of doing it. Uh, that could save, uh, you know, on your 2022 taxes. You put away the money for later uh, in contributing to a traditional uh, retirement account. If you qualify, uh, these accounts can give you an upfront tax deduction on your contribution plus the tax deferred growth of your earnings. Uh, for 2022, you can contribute up to $6,000 to a traditional IRA plus a $1,000 catch up if you're 50 or older. And basically, you have until the uh, tax day to, to do that. So, um, contributions to the traditional IRA reduce your taxable income dollar for dollar uh, that could could be enough to drop you into a lower tax bracket. I think I don't know where the the the, the step up is, but there's a big step up in there. Uh, in the uh, you go from a certain uh, um, earnings level, you go from a twelve percent to a twenty two percent. So if you can keep yourself down into the twelve percent, it makes some sense. You can also contribute to a Roth IRA. Uh, that won't lower your <clears throat> taxable income, but it might uh, help you save some taxes in uh, retirement, depending upon your uh, uh, circumstances. Uh, for business owners, or if you're self-employed, you might consider a SEP IRA. As a small business owner, you'll be eligible for a you know a traditional or Roth, but you might be able to save even more by opening a a SEP, which is a simplified employee pension, and, uh, uh, and if you meet certain requirements, uh, like the traditional IRA, the contribution to a SEP IRA is made with pre-tax dollars, so they reduce your taxable income up front, and you won't pay taxes until you withdraw the money. And uh, for basically for 2022. Oh, you could set aside up to 25% of your net income from uh, self-employment, or uh, they have a limit of $61,000, whichever is less. So, um, you know, if you have employees like, you know, like the family, uh, the the spouse, or even the older children, uh, you could contribute to retirement savings for them as well up to 25% of their uh, compensation or $61,000. So, uh, you know, it's not for, it's not for big, it's not for medium sized businesses because you're, you're actually contributing, having to, you may set aside up to 25% for, of uh, the employees, the employees, which is definitely not doable unless these employees are your, your family. So uh, you have until the due date for your return, including any extensions to make contributions and get a tax deduction for 2022. And, uh, or you can max out your uh, health savings account. You know, your health savings account, and they've uh, risen in popularity in recent years. And, and uh, they're, they're, you, you can have one if you've got one of these high deductible health plans where a high deductible health plan is defined as having a, a minimum annual deduction of $1,400 for individuals, $2,800 for families. So if you got one of those plans, you can have a health savings account. Uh, and that helps you gather the money uh, in this health savings account so that when you do get hit, if you do have health uh, bills and uh, you do get hit with this high deductible where you're going to come up with $2,800 for the family. Now you got some money in the health savings account to help you do that. Um, so uh, the, the, uh, the health savings account offer basically a triple tax advantage. The contributions can lower your taxable income. And then any growth, you put the money in your health savings account, any growth invested 
in a health savings account is basically tax-free, and even the withdrawals are tax-free as long as they're used for qualified medical expenses. So uh, the even let's say uh, uh, one of the one of the little things they got on there is that uh, um, you can't uh, contribute to them if you if you're in uh, already enrolled in uh, Medicare, but uh, you can use it for uh, paying your Medicare Part B or Part D. So uh, uh, that's a that's a big help there. And uh, uh, some people they'll realize that they have until tax day that that April's 18th to contribute to their health savings account for 2022. So you basically can sock away uh, uh, for singles, you can sock away $3,650 and for uh, families $7,300 a year. So, and if you're over 55, you can take in another uh, $1,000 per year. So, it has yeah, if you uh, it, it'll reduce, it'll lower your tax bill, and uh, and uh, because the HSA, the health savings account, lets you roll over your savings from year to year. It's not one of those things where you got to use it up by the end of the year. That money will be available whenever you need it, maybe twenty years from now, for medical expenses. And if you don't need the money, you, know, you can invest a portion of it and potentially enjoy tax free uh, growth. And then, uh, hey, you might want to uh, really take a quick look, maybe not maybe a, not a quick look, but a, a good look at itemizing. So, uh, you know, for 2022, if you're a single filer and your deduction exceeds, uh, uh, your deductions exceed $12,950 or uh, basically $25,900, for a married couple fighting jointly, then itemizing could save you more money than the standard deduction. Just make sure you you have your receipts for your expenses that you've itemized. And also in all this stuff, you want to you want to sit down if you're interested in saving money on taxes. By all means, uh, find a tax uh, consultant, an accountant. Uh, and just make sure that uh, which costs are deductible and. Uh, and get us get the best expert advice. The the advice that you see, I'm not uh, you know, talking on the radio. You can't be giving people legal advice or tax advice and stuff like this. This just gives you the ideas that you can go to the tax preparer and say, "Hey, can I do this?" So you know, and, and again, mortgage uh, interest. Uh, if you bought your home after 2017, you can deduct interest on up to 750000 of uh, indebtedness. And the limits for homes bought on or before that date is still $1 million. And uh, you may also be able to deduct a combined total of uh, $10,000 in property tax and state tax and local income tax or sales tax paid in paid the last year. This uh, sales tax deduction applies to all purchases made during the year. Uh, and, you know, and uh, if you live in a state with no or lower income tax, the sales tax might be a bigger tax break than the state and local tax. So, and uh, also medical expenses that exceed seven and a half percent of your adjusted gross income, that can also be deducted. So, and uh, uh, just sit down, think about whether, uh, you know, you got to get it done by, in some cases, you got to get it done by April 18th. But in other cases, you can slip under that uh, uh, extension. So um, by all means, make sure you uh, consult your tax advisor and get the straight uh, uh, expert advice on that. Okay. This is Jim McAleese. And Len, <laughs> I gave you a, a list of of uh, do's and don'ts there. So, uh, you know, feel free to call. Okay. This is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call. Our toll-free number is 1-888-281-1110. Stay tuned. I'll be right back.
Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Uh, one of the things we talked about uh, was this, uh, you know, the durable goods orders. You know, we're, what we're seeing is that uh, manufacturing is kind of uh, weighed down. You know, it's uh, slightly in, in contraction, not like, hey, it's, it's a recession or anything like that. But uh, this week, orders for durable manufactured goods contracted significantly. You know, and that came from the U.S. Department of Commerce. They put out a monthly report, and it's called Monthly Advanced Report on Durable Goods Manufacturing Shipments, Inventories, and Orders for January of 2023. So new orders for durable manufactured goods in January contracted um, uh, 4.5% or $13 billion from uh, uh, December. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, that, that's not as bad as it looks. In fact, it is, it's kind of a wash. Uh, because if you take a look at what happened in December, uh, the uh, durable goods orders increased 5.1% in December. And that was because Boeing, uh, they just got a big contract for $14 billion for their uh you know, a batch of their 737s and 787s. So the big jump in the orders for December was basically due to commercial aircraft. But, uh, you know, they, they do this every once in a while. They, they, the price of aircraft is is pretty steep. In other words, if you're talking a 737, the, the quoted price is about $95 million. And uh, the 787, I think, is about at least two times maybe three times that amount. And basically, hey, these aircraft are expected to last 20 years, and uh, they're expected to be in the air for maybe anywhere from uh, 8 to 12 hours a day. So uh, uh, these, these babies are, well, these, <laughs> these capital goods are going to be worked hard once they get into operation. And uh, what, that, what happens is that the airlines, they generally group the orders like United or somebody like that. I I forget who placed the order for 14 bill. And, uh, they, you know, they, they gather up what they want for the next uh, year, and uh, uh, they'll order whatever they can afford. And uh, air travel is basically coming back uh, like gangbusters. And uh, after this big hiatus due to the COVID, uh, basically people want to spend money on travel and, and other things, and uh, uh, these big civilian uh, orders don't happen often. Maybe they happen two or three times a year. So, uh, durable manufacturing goods orders in December increased by about fourteen billion, and uh, that was due to this large uh, order. And uh, now they're they're well, they show they show it's down four and a half percent. Well, all they're doing is telling you that hey, now we're normal. Uh, we had this big bump in uh, aircraft orders, and it looked like we were really increasing, and we really did increase. But now we're back to normal, and there might be two or more uh, times this year when we jump up uh, again uh, with big orders. So uh, to me, it's, it's uh, something to not to worry about. In other words, basically. Uh, the four and a half percent is just following a five percent raise in uh, the month before. Now, another thing that happened was that we're getting a view of uh, uh, the service industries, and uh, uh, what we're seeing in the service industries, the service industries have picked up, and. Uh, February, according to the Standard and Poor Global uh, U.S. Services Purchasing Managers Index report, uh, selling price inflation accelerates amid renewed upturn in uh, output in February. So what they're showing is that uh, price inflation for services is going up despite uh, uh, softer rises in costs. So the... Uh, Businesses are, are uh, trying to get ahead of uh, the costs here, 
and the February data indicated a renewed expansion in business activity across the U.S. Uh, service sector. And uh, the rate of growth was only marginal uh, overall. However, as new businesses continue, as new business continued to decline amid subdued domestic and foreign uh, client demand. So, uh, uh, signs of improved demand patterns sparked an uptick in business confidence and output expectations regarding the year-ahead outlook were the strongest since May of uh, last year. So. According to Chris Williamson, who's their chief business economist, economist at Standard and Poor Global Market Intelligence, quote, a return to growth of U.S. services sector business activity in February for the, for the, for the first time in eight months has uh, offset a decline in manufacturing output, helping to stabilize the economy and hopefully avert a downturn in the first quarter. The upturn was uh, led by revival in spending on services by consumers and improved activity in the in the tech sector, but also uh, aided by marked cooling in the recent uh, downturn in financial services. Across both services and manufacturing, job growth has really risen to a five-month high as business confidence about the year ahead has perked up uh, to its highest level since last May and reviving farther, further from the low point seen last October. Clearly, the gloom heading into the winter has been replaced by the brighter prospects moving into the spring. This improved picture, however, added to the firm's uh, uh, pricing powers having fallen to a 27-month low in January, the rate of inflation for goods and services reaccelerated in February to its highest since uh, uh, last uh, October as companies reported greater success in passing higher costs along to the customers. So uh, we reported uh, several months ago that the Companies as well as the individuals are becoming more, uh, uh, they're not accepting the, the price increases the way they did when this whole thing first started. So there's a lot of pushback on these price increases. But now uh, the service industry feels that they could get away with their, or increase their, uh, their prices. So we'll basically see what happens there. Uh, uh, the other, and that was from the uh, S&P uh, Global uh, P Purchasing Managers Index uh, for Services. The other independent agency, independent company that uh, tracks the service uh, uh, index is the Institute of Supply Management. And uh, the Institute of Supply Management uh, shows that their numbers increased 55.1 in uh, February. So, uh, you know, after showing an earlier than usual seasonal rebound in January for as new orders continued rolling in, uh, supply deliveries improved and employment rose despite uh, t- tight labor conditions. So the main index, which shows the directional change of economic activity, was little changed at 55.1. So uh, according to Anthony uh, Neves, who is the chairman of the uh, ISM Institute of Supply Management Services Business Survey, he said, we still have to see how things ramp up or decline going into the spring, but right now it looks like uh, we're on a path to uh, steady incremental growth in the service sector. So uh, the way that uh, they develop this, uh, these are these are qualitative Surveys as as opposed to the quantitative numbers that come from the federal government in terms of the Department of Labor puts out its numbers, Department of Commerce puts out its numbers. Uh, In this case, what they do is talk to uh, executives and managers in these companies in the service industries, and they ask, you know, how does this month compare to last month with regard to new orders? 
business activities or production, shipments, employment, uh, back orders, uh, uh, backlog, uh, ISA, you know, all those things. And they basically take all that information and grind it through uh, their proprietary uh, uh, computer codes, and they come up with an index number, which if it comes down 50, it, it indicates that, that uh, uh, things are neutral, but anything above 50 is considered to be expansion. Give you an idea of what some of the respondents in the service industries are saying. Uh, according to the construction uh, people, activity is steady, costs continue to escalate, eliminating any profit we had hoped for in the first and second quarters. Uh, also from the accommodation and food services, sales activity is generally strong despite uh, economic headwinds. Uh, from finance and insurance, it said uh, upward pricing pressures have eased slightly but are still elevated. Uh, healthcare uh, says that uh, comments from them say inflation are somewhat eased from the peaks of the last six months, continue to drive higher pricing demand for suppliers. Hospital volumes, volumes are improving but still haven't returned to pre-pandemic levels in all cases. And uh, according to the information uh, industry, uh, the current dynamics in the marketplace are such that it's getting harder to reduce cost. Uh, most industries are being pinched by inflation and more expensive labor markets. Uh, before, cost reduction was the goal, and now it's basically cost avoidance. Uh, that said, since we're not able to reduce costs to maintain our margins, we have to reduce the employee base more aggressively to achieve our margins. And that's basically a, uh, that's how that's how basically recessions start. Uh, I mean, this whole thing with regard to inflation, uh, the first thing inflation comes along. The first thing the company does is raise their prices, but uh, recently, ever since October, there's been a big pushback about increasing uh, prices. So what's happening then is you're starting to see more and more uh, layoffs. Uh, um, wholesale trade, uh, they're saying that business activity has improved slightly compared to last month. Supplier deliveries are faster. And uh, fill rates for manufacturers seems to be stabilizing. Customers are now very cautious, very cost conscious, and looking for lower priced uh, product options. So uh, basically, if you take a look at the different categories, for instance, like uh, new orders uh, for services, these are for services, 34% of the respondents said that uh, uh, new New orders have improved this month uh, in February versus January, whereas only 10% said that they, uh, they, uh, it's um, not improved or it's gone down. Uh, the uh, new export orders, 28% said new export orders have increased in February as opposed to January. 5% said that no, it was the reverse. And... Uh, Prices paid for material services, materials and services. Prices paid, 35% said at higher prices, 5% said that it's lower prices. So what you're seeing is that the uh, new orders are growing faster and the business activity in production is growing, but maybe slowing down a little bit. In any case, you're seeing prices increasing, uh, but at a slower rate than before. So this is Jim. This is Jim McAleese. Uh, you're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, the, uh, uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Okay. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. It was once said that when people watch the evening news, the news reporters always open their newscast with good morning or good evening 
and then proceed to go on and tell us why it isn't a good morning or a good evening. It has been said that for every one thing negative that a person says to another person, that individual needs to say seven positive things back to the person that they have spoken harshly to to cancel out that one negative comment. So be, be, be careful and watch your words. So in that spirit, we need some words of encouragement. Remember, don't let people steal the joy from your life. Look for something positive every day. Then always believe good things are on the way. Things will get better. It may be stormy now, but remember, it never rains forever. And also, the best things in life are the people you love, the places you go, and the memories you make. And when you're feeling down and out, take a deep breath. It's been a bad day, but not a bad life. Then, remember that a single thread of hope is still a powerful thing. And anybody can get dirt on somebody else. Be there. Be the person that finds the gold, not the dirt. And a question, do you when do you when you close your eyes why do we close our eyes when we pray, when we cry, when we dream, or when we kiss? We close our eyes because we know that the most beautiful things in life are not seen, but are felt by the heart. And you can also choose to be happy. A happy life does not mean everything around you is perfect. It means choosing to be happy despite knowing the fact that life can never be perfect. Then be thankful for the bad things in life, for they open your eyes to the good things that you weren't paying attention to. Beautiful people always wear a smile. There's only three things that people need in life. Water, food, and compliments. Let life surprise you. And last but not least, invest in your mind, invest in your heart, invest in yourself. And until we meet again next week for more Get Rich Love, may God protect you and keep you safe. You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc., the materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price weighted index of 30 actively traded blue chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.